Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. And this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Marjorie, it's been a minute. And for me, it's felt like a very long minute. (laughs) You got a broken wing. You got a broken wing. Man, guys, if you follow me on social media or if you watch Twin Cities Live, you might have heard the news or you listened to Marjorie give a quick little update last week as we missed a podcast episode that I slipped and fell on the ice outside of my home. I was working here and doing a radio show in the morning, our old radio show, Marjorie. I was on our old radio show. And then I uh, walked outside. I was going to meet a colleague for lunch and then go. So meeting there and then head into the station. And within a split second, everything changed. It was unbelievable, like nothing else that's ever happened to me before. And I think that's the that's the most frightening thing about a fall like that is you really do understand the line between before and after. Yes. I don't know that, that really makes sense. It's no, like, it is. It, it totally it's does. It's such a sort of huge shout from the universe that we need to be careful. We need to be careful. And also, I think just even no matter how careful you are, it's like within yeah. a second, yeah. things can change. I'm like a notorious ice shuffler. I'm very nervous about falling on ice. I've caught myself several times. I think particularly as I've like added children that I'm holding on to and carrying things. And I've lived in the city for well over a decade. And so I haven't had an attached garage forever. Like my kids can't even believe that people live in places where you like like go into the garage and then you just walk into the house. This now I can really start (laughs) to see the benefits of this because I was walking out to my car and it's icy back there. And that day we had just gotten like this tiny little dusting of snow. It was Friday, February 18th and a tiny little dusting of snow. And I walked outside and I was almost to my car and I was just doing my shuffle shuffle like I normally do and looking down and really watching where I was going. And I, my feet went completely out from under me and I landed squarely on my ankle and I started just bawling because it was the pain. Like I just never felt pain like that before. Now I've never broken a bone. So I think people who've broken bones, you know, people who like describe themselves as athletes, they like compete in things and then they get broken bones. I'm not that person. And so I've never broken anything. I've never even like sprained anything. And the pain was absolutely unbearable. So I'm laying there on the ground And I have this image flashing in my head. And that image is of my husband's phone because my husband was leaving 
the house a little bit after me to go to a lunch meeting. And I saw, after I said goodbye to him, I saw that his phone was on the charger, plugged into a charger cable sitting on our bed. And so my first thought was, he's not going to hear me when I call. Which is such a horrible thought. It's but a at very the bad same thought. time, thank God he was home. Well, he was and, home, yeah, yeah. And w- real quickly, I want to amend something. I said it's a moment to, to remember to be careful. I wasn't meaning – I just want you to know I wasn't oh, yeah. meaning you weren't careful because anybody that lives in Minnesota – and I just had a flash memory when you were talking about – how careful you'd have to be when you were carrying kids. Yes. So I lived in Chicago when my kids were little. And it was I, – I literally, Elizabeth, had a sense memory of what it was like to carry a child when you were trying to walk over snowy patches that might be icy. Yes. And how scary that is because if you go down with a kid – you could, I mean, obviously it's, it's just dangerous all around. So when I was saying careful, it wasn't about how you were walking per se. And I'm not even saying you were interpreted it that way, but it, it, you can be as careful as can be. I know. And I was talking to Ian about, cause Ian did something similar, not as, as damaging as what you did to your ankle, but he had, had, I think he got two pins in his ankle. That's and we, very bad. <laughs> and so we were, very bad. it's so very bad. But we were, I was saying like, how do you think that actually happened to your ankle? And he had a theory, Elizabeth, that it's because one of his, one of his feet was on, dry cement and the other hit the ice and it spun his ankle around. Uh. And I don't know, like, like it, there are so many ways, but the damage from that people do when they do what you did is so incredible. So continue your story. I just wanted it's, to make that clear. No, totally. And I think, I think maybe, maybe, um, the words are you can't be too careful because it's yes. just, it's yes. like, it's almost, that's what you feel like. Like there you, you cannot be too careful no matter like all the precautions that you take. Exactly. And isn't that, I mean, I think that's just obviously a lesson for like everything in life that it just doesn't matter how many precautions you take. You can still find yourself right laying on the ground alone trying oh. to figure out how you're going to Okay, so we pick up survive. the story because this is incredible. You have now realized that Jay's phone is yes. not in a place where he's going to hear it. And I knew he was going to come out right. because he had to go to this meeting, but I didn't know it could have been five minutes. It could have been 20 minutes. And I didn't know how many minutes I had. And I knew that my ankle was broken. I mean, I oh. just have never even like, I looked at my boot and I looked at oh. the way that my bone was protruding to the boot, like that I was just like, it's broken. And I said that out loud to myself. I mean, it's broken. <laughs> it was oh, very, gosh. so I called Jay twice. He doesn't pick up. And then I called work <laughs> and I called my coworker and I was like, you have to find someone else to host the show. I think I broke my ankle. And I was crying as I'm saying this. And he's just like, oh my gosh, do we need to send someone over to your house? Like, do I need to drive over there? Where's Jay? And I was like, he's inside. He's going to be coming out, but you need to call Paul Folger, who's our anchor at Five Eyewitness News. And you need to ask Paul if he can co-host the show today because I have to go to the emergency room. Oh my God. And then- I can't even believe you had somebody on the phone. I know. And you're not saying to them- Get over here. Well, I just like, was like, I knew that by the time they got there, yeah. it was going to be, I don't know, it's maybe like a helpful thing about working in television. You have a lot of understanding of minutes and how right. long they are. <laughs> like you have a very clear understanding of time um, because you can really, I know exactly how many things I can accomplish in an, in an actual 30 second time period. I just, <laughs> yes. I know what intuitively, like if I hear... True. 
when I forget something or I need to get something and I say to the crew, how much time do I have till we come back? And they say, you've got a minute. I'm like, oh, great. Okay. I can go run an errand, but right. I also know that's not enough time for me to go to the bathroom. So like, these are the things that you, <laughs> that you learn after two decades in television. But I, um, so I'm laying there and then I see, uh, my, my neighbor's garage door open and my neighbor, who she enters her garage from her yard. So she wasn't seeing me before she get in, got into her car, but I saw that her door opened. And so she pulls out and thankfully she comes my direction and she gets out of the car and she was like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> what's happening? Oh. And I'm sobbing. And I was like, my ankle's broken. I think my ankle's broken. And she just kept saying, don't look at it. Like, don't oh. look at it because she didn't want me to pass out. Right. And so she, I said, this might be awkward because I don't know like what stage Jay is in of getting ready, but I need <laughs> you to go into the house and I need you <laughs> he to might be naked. tell it's him so that he needs to come out and help me. So she did that. Oh. She runs in and she's like, Jay, Jay, it's Becky, <laughs> you know, oh. and Jay comes flying out of the house and sees me laying there and like realizes quickly that there's no way that I can even get up. He had to drag me to the garage because it was icy and snowy. And I was so afraid of him like losing his footing and me falling again. Right. And I just couldn't get like a good grip. And I was like dead weight, you know? So yep. it's like, it was terrible. And so he, um, oh so he dragged gosh. me to the garage where I was able to grab onto his car and he was able to grab onto the other side of me and pull myself up on my good leg and then hop into the car. And then he took me to the emergency room. And then I had to call Steve in there, too, as I was waiting for Jay to come out because Steve was who I was meeting for lunch. And I called him and I was like <laughs> bawling and I was like, so I am not going to make it to lunch, <laughs> which was a bummer because we were going to go to a really cute place and I was super hungry. Um <laughs> So, uh, it was really crazy. And so Jay took me to the ER and I mean, it, this is like a long story. I'll give you the abbreviated version, but I ended up sitting in the hall of the ER for oh. two hours. I was given one pain pill. I was like giving up on life. They did x-rays and then the doctor came out and she said, I am so sorry that you've been waiting here this long. Your ankle is badly broken and badly yeah. dislocated and we have to push it back into place before it busts through your skin. Like this <gasps> is not a joke and you should not have been waiting this long to get this handled. Oh. So it, they do what's called a reduction and that's when they try to pop it back in place. It and just sounds horrific. It's terrible. I mean, they, you know, they give you drugs and it helps, but I ended up having to have two reductions because the first one they had to do so quickly because they were so worried about the condition of my skin because right. my ankle was so, so far dislocated. I mean, the bone was like, it was crazy. You never looked at it, did you? Oh, I looked at it and I was like, I couldn't even... Oh. function. They couldn't believe I didn't pass out from the pain. No, you're a hearty, you're a hearty I Midwestern guess. girl. I don't know. I like, feel like I'm a real wimp with pain. So then I get in, so they, they do this reduction. It, it works, but not to the level that the orthopedic people were happy with. Right. So they sent two guys down from orthopedics to come oh, and do it again. Oh God. So they do it again. And that one was like, 
really painful. And then every drug, they kept giving me all these drugs and every drug, Marjorie, they would like, they were like, we're going to give you propofol. And I was like, oh, sweet. That's what Michael Jackson died of. And then they're like, you know, we're going to add in some fentanyl. And I was like, oh, sweet. That's what Prince died from. Just like everything I'm thinking is like, ah. Well, those are scary. I mean, that's because the stories we hear about those drugs, they're very scary drugs, but they're scary drugs. Well, they're scary drugs. They're scary drugs when you don't have five doctors and five nurses in the room who are like monitoring every single thing, but they're still. Who know what they're doing. Yeah, they're still scary and that's when they're supposed to be used i mean that is like yeah. the ideal usage for them is in a situation like this and um so they do the second reduction and i'm just about to go home they did another round of x-rays when the doctor called and he said listen i showed these x-rays to my boss who's going to be your surgeon he is not happy, 100% happy with this reduction. He wants you to come in for surgery right away. And the previous plan had been to go home and wait a week for the swelling to go down before I underwent surgery because there was absolutely no way this could heal on its own. It was fractured in three places. One part of my bone was almost like completely fractured off, like broken off. And I know from a fall. And so the next day I went home tried to, Jay and I slept on coordinating couches in the living room and he had to like help me everywhere. And then the next day we went in for surgery and the surgeon, um, it took two and a half hours for him to like piece everything together. But the good news was at the end of the surgery, he was just like this, he called Jay and he was like, this went exactly how we wanted it to go. Like we were oh. able to really do everything. I got some of the missing, some like there'd been cartilage that was floating around. He got that out so that it's not like causing problems down the line. I mean, cause the main thing is, is that I'm 40 years old, you know, he's like, right. you've got a long time to live on this ankle. And so I have a plate in my ankle that comes with four screws. And then I have four other screws. That's crazy. That are holding my ankle together. And it's like so shocking. Essentially, you your ankle was destroyed. Oh, it was shattered. And they said, you know, I mean, you know, I always like to know, like, what percentile am I ranking in for this? Kind of <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, How, what, do what are we working with here? Did I and do this well? Like, Did yeah. I do this as well as it could be done? Exactly. And they were like, this is, you know, I mean, they were reassuring because they're like, this is what we do. Like, we piece these things back together. Right. This is right, our right, job. Right. And so they're like, we, this isn't anything we can't handle. And they were like, but this is bad. This is like a really bad break. Like you did, if you're going to do this, like you really did it. Did it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what you want to hear. I if guess. I'm going to do it. Because Elizabeth Reese doesn't do anything halfway. I if guess. We're gonna, oh my if we're going to screw up the ankle, we're going to screw it up all the way. And then it's so fascinating Ugh. where you realize like how long this is going to take to recover from. It. And I think there are a couple of things that I've really gone into this with as I just sort of like process this. And so many people have reached out to me. I mean, I've gotten hundreds of hundreds, oh. hundreds and hundreds of messages from people who have told me, I mean, number one, they've told me that they're thinking of me and they're saying prayers for my healing right. and all of that is just so, so amazingly appreciated. And number two, people are sending me their x-rays. I've seen the inside of more people's bodies that I don't know. <laughs> Than like an average x-ray technician. It's unbelievable because they're sending me x-rays of all of their hardware from when this has happened to them because it is so common and it's really common at about this time of year because what happens is the ice is like 
melting and then when it gets a little bit of like of wet on it, like that snow hits it, but then that snow kind of like is wet. Right. It, that's when it's so unbelievably dangerous. So you would think like the middle of January is the worst and it's still dangerous, but it's really when it's like a little bit wet is right. when it's like right. you're out from under you. And so I've had all these people message me about this. And then of course I'm trying to sort of figure out like what are the lessons. And I mean, I'll tell you like there have, I am, I don't think I'm like a very good patient. I don't know who is, but I have had a couple of really tough days. Like this weekend was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. I yelled at everyone, everyone in my well, family. Because- I just, cause I am just like, I have been, I, and I'm fortunate in so many ways. I, but I am been in the confines of this house. The only time I have left this house was when my dad picked me up and took me to a, an appointment with my surgeon last Wednesday. Well, I I did tell you, we were talking last week, and when my husband did this, we lived like you do in an old house. So it was 25 stone stairs up to get into our house. You can't go anywhere. Because we lived up on a hill. Yeah. And then from there, our bedroom was on the second floor. Yep. And so my husband did it right before Thanksgiving, but insisted, insisted that he wanted to go to a movie because that was our tradition. So luckily, our oldest son was home from college, and this is so dumb, but this is how frustrated you get when you're sort of, you can't, you have no freedom. Right. And so we got one of our big sledding inner tubes, (laughs) and my sons carried him to the inner tube and then inner tubed him down the hill from our house (laughs) and loaded him into the car so he could go to a movie because he was going crazy. I know. He was going crazy. It was a dumb thing for us to do, but I understand your frustration, especially for someone like you. And then on top of that, especially, and this is where I just think of you every day when I get up, you've got three little kids. Right. I mean, that's a whole different deal than my husband who did it and we had one in college and one who was a senior in high school. A whole different deal. And we did a radio show and I had a studio in the house. So I stayed, you know, I just went into the studio at the radio station and he stayed home and did the show from home. Right. So, I mean, that's a lot less complicated than what you're facing and that what I think a lot of people go through when they have a debilitating injury that's going to take weeks to recover from. It's so hard on every level. It's, you know, I think you're right. It's just the the physical labor that's involved with caring for my children is yeah. just a lot. So yeah. it's a lot because, you know, we have a one-year-old. So, I mean, and even like Franklin is four. I mean, the amount of times that I hear someone yelling, mom, can you help me wipe? is like all the time. <laughs> mom, can you help me wipe? I mean, I've crawled up the stairs and crutched Aww. to the bathroom to help him. And, you know, and then just to make things a little bit more complicated, I... I um, broke my ankle on a Friday and Jay started a brand new job on a Monday. Of course. And so it's his normally flexible job in sales, which people in sales love that, that they can like do meetings, they can schedule things when they want, is just not that flexible at the very beginning because you're doing all of like, even when you start a new job with a new company, you're doing all of the new like corporate onboarding stuff. Right. And his come, I mean, his boss was like amazing and, and said, as my bosses have been unbelievable, so amazing, whatever you need. I mean, they are like, please make sure you take all the time that you need. The amount of reinforcement that I've gotten from my job with that is don't come back before you're ready is 
amazing because my wheels start immediately turning and I'm like, okay, well maybe two weeks, maybe I can come back in two weeks. I'm now two weeks and three days out from surgery, Marjorie. It's like, there's no way I could go to work there. I can't even like, I was just able to shower without wrapping my leg. Like I can't, I can't even get out of my house by myself. Well, the risk too is, and this is why the fact that you have an understanding boss is so important is because the risk to you is if you move it too soon and you re-injure it, you'll set your back. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And And the truth of the matter is that I have a job where I can go on a a leave and still make money and still be paid. I mean, that's the other thing. Like I, these are all of these things you know, when we talk about this stuff, I, I always, I oh, I like to just at least recognize, I, and I don't need to play this game of like, you could always play the game of somebody else has it worse, right? Like, okay, I, I, right. I could have been, and I have done this. I've been literally saying to my ankle, thank you for taking the hit. Thank you for taking the brunt yeah. so that it wasn't my head. This is yeah. what I've been saying. I had a woman who messaged me the other day. She said she did the same thing three years ago and she hit her head so hard. And she is still not able to exercise. She is still in recovery from her massive head injury from falling on the ice. I mean, so there's, I just want you to know that, I mean, there is like regular gratitude and thinking about both of Jay and I have parents who are super able-bodied and healthy and they are coming over all the time and helping us with our children. I mean, Jay's dad and his wife were over every morning for almost two weeks, get helping. I would come down the stairs, slide down the stairs and Jody would be making breakfast for my kids and Tom was packing their lunches and then taking them out so that Jay could then get to work. And, um, you know, and my parents have spent, they spent their entire weekends with us. And my dad, my dad is like a laundry folding savant. It's amazing. So he's like, <laughs> all the laundry. I wouldn't it. have guessed that of Tom, but right, awesome. it's amazing. So there's just kind of all of these things that I keep thinking that I have in place. Uh, you know, we have childcare. I'm not a stay at home mom. So my kids go to school and have childcare. I don't know what I would do if I was a stay at home mom and I, was home with my kids. Like at least during the week, they go to daycare. It would be really hard. I just like, it's all of these things again, but I I also have been feeling a little bit about this time as being a bit of a, a gift in sort of, you know, I've been feeling this stirring. I've been talking about it as sort of feeling like the pace that I've been running is unsustainable. And how can I start to figure out even more so how to slow things down right. in my life. There was, there's a saying, and I'm going to get it. I'm not even going to get the saying even close to what she used to say. And I think Oprah used to quote, she was quoting another author, but basically that our, our souls speak to us and they speak in little whispers and then it gets louder mm-hmm. and then it shouts at us. Like I've totally ruined the quote, but that's basically what yeah. the point was is that we we get these little stirrings about things need to change, things need to change. And it'll just get louder and louder and louder until something bigger happens that forces you to deal with it. Now, do I look at that and go this happening was always going to happen because this is what had to happen sort of in the universe for you to slow down? No, because right. I don't, I don't like the idea that that's how the universe would work and right. it would seem unfair. So I'm not saying that, but what is great is that it has happened and that you can take from it the time that it is giving you. Would we all prefer for you that it didn't? Of course. Mm-hmm. But I always think it's good. And, 
that and I even look at like the last year of my life with everything that I've been through with my mom yeah. is I keep just saying, what am I learning from this? Right. Because if I'm not going to get anything out of it, it's just been too hard. And if something's going to be this hard, I have to take something away from it that's useful to me. I love and- that, Marjorie. I love that you say that. I love like the difference between what's like popping into my mind is this the phrase everything happens for a reason makes me crazy. Yeah. I I just can't stand it. I don't like everything it. happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. That just like I find that to be reductive and almost insulting and not helpful. And how I would like to flip the script is almost is like you can find the reason. And it's not even the reason, it's more like find the lesson. Right. Because you just have you have to in have order to. to go forward. But I think life is hard. And, you know, particularly like, even again, with my mom, you know, she, from her perspective of this, this has been a very difficult year. And she mm-hmm. would, we would have long conversations about why her life was where it was in this moment. And she would be looking for a reason. She'd be looking for something. And I kind of would just say to her mom, it just is. Yeah. It just is. It so just now is. what? So now what? And that, and that's kind of how I look at it. And I guess, it, you know, in a tortured way, you're still looking, I'm still looking for something from it. But I just, I don't like the idea that it, everything, when bad things happen, that people would say that. Like, I, I would hate the idea of somebody thinking, oh, you know, you fell. It happened for a reason. So you could reevaluate your life. That just bugs. And so yeah. we are nuancing it ever so slightly, but I just <laughs> I totally, think it deserves to be nuanced. Bugs. It, I, I agree with you. I could not agree with you more. I'm like cheering yeah. for you because I totally am so with you on that. It also, even going so far as to saying, and I don't think people mean it this way, but when they say, I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed. These are all really, that's, that's probably true. But then what, what you're saying about someone else who doesn't have the things that you consider blessings, are you saying that they are not receiving those blessings from God because God isn't giving them to them? I, right. I just like, I, there, it's, it gets really tricky. And to me, I think we've, you know, growing up in, um, in a bit of a, like a conservative church, sometimes those things, like everything happens for a reason. To me, I relate that back to like a faith thing. And then even the blessings, of course, I would relate that to a faith thing. And I just, I'm not going to buy into the idea of a spiteful God who does things to harm people in order so that you can get something out of it. When we were much younger and when we, Ian and I were starting out and our first couple of years were difficult just financially. He was an English major. I was a rhetoric major. That's, as I've said before, that's not the fast path, you know, the fast path to anything. (laughs) And so it was really hard. And I was not used to, I was not used to life sort of being an older sibling with their hand on my head and me not being able to get where I want to go. Yeah. Um, Because I'd always just sort of determined I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to do this. And yeah. and I just yeah. felt very stuck. I mean, I was only 21, but I still felt very stuck. And he would just look at me and say, you know, God doesn't take us halfway. And he was such a man of faith. And I remember, I think I may have told this story before, but we laugh about it all the time. And I remember looking at him and saying, you are a freak. You're an absolute <laughs> freak. Because I did not have faith in that sense. And it's such a personal thing, and I'm believe me, I'm not preaching here. But what does bring me peace 
is the idea now, and it has for a long time, of the idea of, I do believe in God, that he doesn't bring us halfway, but what does that mean? And to me, the reason I like thinking that, as opposed to all the other things like, I'm blessed, or, you know, God was watching over me, that's why I wasn't hurt in this accident, but someone... I, right. I, I just want to dispense with all of that. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I just think God doesn't take us halfway because part of it is just a very wide recognition that it's a long road mm-hmm. and that we just have to walk it with faith and see what unfolds. So it's very uncomplicated to me. that and, and in the end, I just think it'll be okay. But I don't know what the okay looks like. And it takes you out of all of the other sort of you know, trying to figure out what you deserve, what you have. It takes you out of the material, you know, all of that. It's just, it's a long road. I'm a person of faith. It's going to be okay if I stay faithful. And that just makes it easier for me without a lot of other complications. But I love that. Yeah. And particularly with like, without removing the comparisons, because yeah. that's, that's where it gets so stuck is, yeah. and isn't that amazing for so many things in life? I mean, just removing the comparisons and how clearly you can finally see yourself and what you want out of life and what you have in life if you're just not constantly comparing yeah. it to somebody else. That being said, um, people who are reaching out and saying, you're not alone is incredible. Like, it's just so incredible. Like, you are not alone. I have been where you have been. And I know the darkness that you are feeling. Um, It's just amazing to me. And I think like, particularly even like on social media, where I just think it can just be like just a pit hole of garbage so much. I mean, I'm just so encouraged by people who have sent me these notes and just taking time to say either I am where you are or I have been where you are and not trying to make me feel like my feelings are invalid that if I feel sad or frustrated that I can like embrace all those things. Yes, you can. It's really amazing. It's just amazing. And I think you know, it can just feel so, the world itself feels so overwhelming, particularly right now with, you know, what's happening in Ukraine and all those things. And then I look at like all these little individual interactions that are just so, so amazing and beautiful. And, um, that just gives me a lot of hope. So I love that, but it's, it's a, this is a tough road. And I think particularly for someone who, really values independence. I mean, independence for me has been something that my parents talk about when I was like three, (laughs) that they looked at each other and they were like, we either have to decide we're going to try to like control her or we're just going to let her go. And at three years old, my parents were like, we're just going to let her go. And I was, you know, I couldn't even like put a sentence together, but I, um, you know, they made that choice. And so, you know, my independence has been something that is like, it's a defining characteristic for me. And it's something that I am, um, I am very, I hold tightly to. And I think maybe as I sort of look for an opportunity to learn, um, maybe I need to not hold so tightly to that independence, uh, that, that has been a bit of like an unhealthy, I had a therapist say to me once in my, in our marriage counseling, she was like, you know, being independent 
and being self-sufficient is something that served you for a long time. It really served you for a long time, but it doesn't necessarily serve you when that's at the forefront of your marriage. And, um, and she said, and so something can serve you for a time and then, you know, and then it can become like maladaptive and then it's not serving you. And so maybe, um, I didn't incorporate that well enough. (laughs) Well, you know, it's hard for me to, to, to think we are a lot alike. Well, you would have gotten the same talk from Carrie, the therapist. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, I, it's funny. Ian was just, we were talking yesterday and he was talking about how, we were just, it was snowing here and it's very cozy in our house and we were being very chill and not much of our life has been very chill. And he was just sort of sweetly talking about how much and how gratefully was that I was here. Aww. And I think that being married to women like us <laughs> can be tricky because it's always very clear that we could be anywhere. Yeah. And we could be self-sufficient. And to your therapist's point, I think sometimes that's, I never, I've never tried to be hurtful in leading with my independence, but it's not my nature to not be. Right. And, and it so, doesn't mean that just because you don't mean to be hurtful that you are. <laughs> I say this to you and me collectively, just the you I, is you and me. I hope you know that that's where I'm coming from. You could just say it to me and I would understand. <laughs> I would understand. Oh, that's just, that's a that's a good piece of advice. But it's, you know, I think I love what you said about just all of these small interactions. And I think as I listen to you talk about Jay and his father and 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 his wife and your parents and your children, and best of the nest means so much to, to the two of us. And it's at times like this that the work that you put into the relationships around you become clearer. And I think if there's ever a reason to always try and make your home and your, you know, connections with your community and your family solid and strong is because you don't know when you will really, really need them or they'll really, really need you. Yeah. And there's such a great thing about being able to come to that place together without baggage yeah. so that the love is given freely and openly and sweetly and without complication and dysfunction. And I think, you know, that hopefully for you will be one of the beautiful things that come out of this is seeing all of that machinery sort of working smoothly. It's been, um, I think having those relationships is so important. And then I think even more wonderful because those are things that, you know, I nurture on a daily basis. And so I like understand the impact in in my relationships with my parents and and all of that, but are the people who have popped out of the woodwork who have stepped up and said, Oh my gosh, I want to help. Like it's unreal. And, um, it's just been really incredible to see people. I mean, I have a friend who set up a meal train for us, um, you know, where people can sign up to send a meal. This is my friend who was a sorority sister of mine. She was three years older than me um, or two years older than me. I didn't 
even, I mean, I knew her and loved her and she's wonderful, but we didn't right. have like this super close one-on-one relationship. Right. We've kept in touch kind of sporadically throughout the years. And she set up this meal train, came over to my house, switched my laundry, did my dishes. You know, it's like oh. people that you're like, oh my gosh. And we had just the most wonderful time. It's just really, it's just really incredible. I mean, things like this show how good people are. So, um, this has been very therapeutic. I'm glad this is free therapy for me. And listen, I'm still going to pay for therapy coming up. (laughs) I got a session next week and it's going to be good. (laughs) It's going to be good. I do. I want to tell you before we wrap today, Marjorie, that, um, uh, our conversation about vacations, remember we were talking about a girl's trip, I think a few episodes ago, I think after I got back from Florida, so there is this uh, wonderful woman who I'm very excited at some point to meet in real life, and I have not met her, but her name is Michelle, and she goes by Forks in the Dirt on Instagram. Okay. Forks in the Dirt. And she is so cute, and she is a woman after my own heart because she is a gardener. Uh-huh. She's a writer, and she's a educator, and she's a farmer's market manager. And her huh. uh, little tagline is, helping you dig your food, is her oh, line on Instagram. That. And I love it. And she was so funny. She posted and tagged us on Best to the Nest in um, her stories the other day, and she was talking about going on vacation And she said, this is so, she said, I was listening to Best of the Nest and I was listening to Elizabeth and Marjorie talk about this. And Elizabeth say that every time she goes on a trip, she has like a complete meltdown right before and thinks this is way too much work. It's way too much work to even go. And she was having that moment and she was sharing that moment as she was like cleaning out the chicken coop and getting like everything ready to go and getting the dog to the place where the dog was going to be cared for and all this stuff. Um, And she ended up going on her vacation. So I just want to say, Michelle, I hope you're having a wonderful vacation and what a joyful time to recognize that moment of this is all way too much. Take a deep breath, power through, and then get to the beauty on the other right. side. That's wonderful. So that's where we are at. All right, guys, I'll uh, keep you posted on my ankle adventures. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a little review at Apple Podcasts. We always love those. Those mean a lot. You know, as the kids say, smash, subscribe, five stars, do all the things. (laughs) And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best to the Nest. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League.
Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial.